From Lakely, it's how we got here. The stories behind the youth, high school, college, and professional sports journey, where it leads, and what we learn along the way. Hey, I'm Corey Koski, and you're listening to How I Got Here from Lakely. So, over the course of time, as I've been doing these podcasts and doing my stories on linkly.com, I've had quite a few requests uh, through Twitter and Facebook about my concussion story. March, we are focusing on injury and illnesses. And so I think this is a good time for me to tell everybody my concussion story. And so this podcast, we're going to go, we're going to go into and I'm going to tell you my, my concussion story. I hope it helps those of you who have gone through a concussion and or with kids that deal with concussion. Uh, so I hope you enjoy the story. My concussion happened on July 5th, uh, 2006 on a little routine fly. Oh, it wasn't routine. We're playing against the Cincinnati Reds and their shortstop hit a little bloop. A left-handed hitter hit a little bloop over the, over the third base, over, over my head. And I went running to the spot where I thought it would be. And I look up and it was behind me. So I kind of did a little flop backwards and landed on my uh, left hip, shoulder, elbow. Never hit my head. Uh, the, the impact of the ball, the impact of my glove hitting the ground. The ball pops up. And Billy Hall, who was the shortstop at the time, was running over and he caught the ball. Funny thing about that is uh, I saw the video. I saw the play after. Uh, I blew me away. I can't believe I got a concussion from that. But Bob Euchre was like, Billy Hall, what a great play by Billy Hall. And I remember thinking, I said, dude, I'm the one diving, flopping over to place trying to make that play. And Billy Hall just happens to be there and catches a ball that my nine-year-old son could have caught. And he gets a great play. Whatever, Bob. So I have this uh, real weird feeling. And uh, I go through the, through the end of the game. Or as I'm going through the course of the game, the feeling gets worse and worse and worse. Uh, and about two and a half innings later, I get up to bat, and I remember sitting in, in, in bat at, for that at bat, and I'm like, okay, I feel really weird. And I felt like my legs were really weak. I felt like I was, I was hitting in quicksand. And on top of that, I was like thinking really hard on where I need to run. Like, okay, if I hit the ball, where do I run? I can make sure don't run it over there. It was just like a weird, weird feeling. End up striking the striking out that at bat. Went to the trainer after that and said, "You know, Roger, I don't feel good." He took one look at me and he's like, "All right, let's go." And he, I remember him walking me and holding me as I was walking. Got into the training room. They did some diagnosis. Yes, you have a concussion. Uh, the, you know, in a couple of days you'll be feeling great. You know, so you know the whole process. Come back to the the park the next day oh you're still concussed still can't play next day still concussed next day still dealing with that next day they're like okay you know what what's going on because you should be better so they send me for a ct scan and mri uh to see if i have something weird like a brain you know like a blood bleed or whatever uh those both come back uh normal uh so i do have a brain and uh and they had no uh, uh nothing abnormal in 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 the um in the, uh, in the in the scans so you know a week goes by and I'm still feeling it and um, so now they send me to a neuro- neurologist and I think her name was Dr. Wendy Pelchier so I go to this de- neurologist and she says yeah have a, you have a concussion but Corey um, you know what let me talk to the trainers and make sure we put together a strong game plan for you 
uh, because the biggest risk is you going back too early. And I'm like, you know what? No, my trainers have it and they don't have to, I don't have to worry about them forcing me back in. And she's like, Corey, I've dealt with professional teams before. Let me, I'm going to call them. And I'm like, nah, you know what? They, they're, they're fine. We don't, we, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think, I don't, you don't need to call them. And she's like, all right, you're the patient. Well, that was more, you know, one of my biggest mistakes, but she, she should have called them and really got on them for not letting me play because she's like, you know what? When your symptoms stop, you need at least a week before you start doing anything. Well, we roll up, but we had um, all-star break. I had three days off, didn't have to go in the park. My symptoms stopped. Uh, and the day after all-star break, I called the trainer, said, hey, I feel good. You know, I didn't have any symptoms uh, for, for yesterday. They're like, all right, get on a plane. We're going to have you out here in Arizona. So I go to Arizona, my family come with me, fly to fly, go, you know, get at the six o'clock flight, get to Arizona, have some lunch, go to the ballpark. And they're like, all right, how do you feel? I'm like, I feel great, which I did. And so I went out, uh, got ready and went out for a stretch. And I remember walking out and the first time I walked in the field, I was like, Ooh, I don't feel good, but it's no big deal because you know what? I felt like this before. And even before I had my concussion, it's just weird. It's probably the flight or some kind of food I ate or I'm a little dehydrated. And so we go on and start playing catch. And all of a sudden, you know, catch felt really weird. This is the where I was catching the glove, where I was catching the ball. It just felt really weird. And I started feeling like my head started to hurt a little bit. And I'm like, okay, you know what? No big deal. Went took ground balls. I'm like, okay, this is really weird. That My depth perception, it felt weird. But I was, I was catching the ball. I was fine. And then we went to the cage. And I started hitting the cage. And I remember that the hitting was just like sound like there's people were like clapping right in my face like super loud super annoying it was like bam 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 and it felt like it went to the middle of my brain and so batting practice was over the doctor uh finally showed up to do my final clearance exam and so I, and so he's like Corey let's do a final clearance exam and so we went in the, went in the, into the cage and I was supposed to run do a 25 yard dash uh uh, 10, uh, 15 push-ups, 15 sit-ups. And then, a- so I did that. And after that, I was like, Ooh, I don't feel good. I felt like, like, what is wrong with me? I'm like, let me put some ice on the back of my head. Okay. I felt nauseated. I thought I was going to throw up. My head just started throbbing and I started to panic a little because I'm like, okay, what the heck is wrong with me? And the team just ended up sending me home. I woke up the next morning and I was like, felt like I got punched between the eyes. My head was throbbing, the the sunlight. It's like you you have the worst hangover ever uh, that you've ever had. The sunlight was in my eyes. I felt like it was, um, I I needed sunglasses. It just, everything, just my head was pounding and I was like walking like I was like, just like an old grandpa because if I moved too fast, I felt like I was going to throw up and my head hurt so bad. Go to the park. They're like, oh, you need to go back to the, to the, uh, to the hotel so I went back to the hotel and we did that for two days and they had to make a decision whether I got to fly I'm going to fly with them to the to the to San Francisco or fly back home so I ended up flying back home and when I flew back home uh got back there and um you know then they had to check in with the team doctors there and this driving I just when I drove in I just remember coming home and I just my head was throbbing and I was sleeping a lot and I just didn't feel good. And so they came back from the from the road trip. I tried to go in the ballpark. I felt sick when I went in the ballpark, so they sent me home. So that last, you know, that was kind of the thing. With, you know, that was a routine for probably two, three weeks now. Well, four weeks. 
and then uh, the team would go on the road, and I would go on a drive in to see the doctor, and then I would come home and sleep a lot because I was exhausted from, from, from that. And I remember the doctor telling me, like, some point at that time, he was like, well, Corey, the reason you're sleeping so much is because you're not doing anything. You need to get more active. And I'm like, okay. So I tried to get more active, and the more active I got, the sicker I felt. And so now the team is like, okay, what is going on here? And I called my agent, um, and I, I'm like, look, I got this deal. And they end up finding uh, this University of Pittsburgh Medical Center, this concussion clinic. And so they, the team sent me off to see uh, Dr. Collins at the UPMC. And so that's when I did all, all these testing. And uh, my testing was like through the roof on the bad side. I was like at the one, two percentile of every neurological test. And I told Dr. Collins, well, maybe I'm just not that smart. I'm a Canadian dude who, um, who has a high school education. And he was like, look, Corey, you should see the people that did these tests. He said, these, we, we paid people 25 bucks off the street to do these tests. And these aren't, you know, the, you know anybody who's doing these tests and, are getting, and coming in to do for 25 bucks, Believe me, you should be in the top uh, top percentile uh, on this stuff. And so we go, and he's like, Corey, you have a concussion, and here's the stuff, and, and you'll get better, blah, blah, blah. And so, you know what? You know, we're four weeks in, you know, five weeks in, six weeks in, and all of a sudden the, uh, the, team, uh, the team sends me to another doctor, and this doctor tells me, he goes, Corey, he goes, look, Corey, you know what? You know I've been consulting the Viking or the Packers with this, and the Packers doctors told me that if they had, if the players didn't play with the symptoms that you have, they um, they wouldn't, uh, we wouldn't be able to field a team. And so now I feel like a wimp. Well, I should be playing. And then he goes and proceeds to tell me, he goes, look, Corey, but you also have to be really careful because around this time, you know, I had a, um, I had one of my patients that I was dealing with, you know, blacked out, and he woke up to his family bleeding on the floor, and I'm like, what? And he's like, you can have, uh, yeah, I'm like, that can happen. He goes, yeah, weird stuff, it happens when you have concussions. And now I am freaked out. And so I ended up sending my family home because uh, I'm like, I have no idea what's going to happen. And I don't know what's going to happen. And so now I'm sitting in, in, a, in a room or in a, in a house in Milwaukee by myself, just illuminating with my thoughts. And it was like the weirdest thing because I was having stuff like out-of-body experiences where I would go to sleep at night and then I would have this dream of me like floating around uh, the house and kind of looking over stuff. And it's just like, it was just the weirdest thing. And I felt like I was going crazy. Uh, and so I started reaching out to some people to like, I need to talk to some people because I need, uh, like, is this normal? And I talked to the doctors and they would look at me like I am a nut, nut job. Uh, and then I talked to, I reached out, one of my agents said, look, you need to talk to Eric Lindros. He had, he has eight of them. So I was able to get to get through to Eric Lindros's dad and tell him all the stuff that he's, that I was going through. And he's like, oh yeah, yeah. Eric's gone through all that. So what are you doing? You're doing this, this. I said, well, I'm driving, I'm doing this. And he's like, dude, you need to stop driving. You need to stop doing everything because you need to just kind of settle down. And so I told the team doctors that, and they're like, what, who's Eric Lindros' dad? He doesn't know what he's talking about. I'm like, well, his son's only had eight concussions, uh, documented concussions. Um, and so it was, so that's kind of when this kind of power struggle kind of happened between me and me and the um, uh, the team because I wanted to get better, and they thought, I just felt like they felt like I was faking it. And so we go into the off season, and uh, I'm still dealing with this stuff in the off season because you got to remember when this happened. Like the second kind of when I went at Arizona, my symptoms went from a two to a ten. So my head hurts. I'm nauseated. 
uh, I'm dizzy. I feel like I'm just feel like I'm out of it. Uh, I just I have anxiety. I'm starting to get depressed. It's this all this stuff is starting to kind of really starting to frustrate me. And every time I go grab something off of a table, uh, my knuckles are raw because I kept I don't I didn't have the the spatial my my depth perception was off. And so uh, and then all of a sudden. At one time in the middle of the night, in like in the off season, I wake up and half my body's numb and I can't feel half my body, and I'm like, okay, that's weird. And I start to freak out about it. And then I go to get up to go to the bathroom and I can't even make it through the door. And I'm like, you know what? <laughs> so I go back to bed. I didn't wake up my wife. I said, you know what? I'm having a stroke. And you know what? I ain't, I might not make it here. So it's fine because I've been dealing with this for the last eight months of this pure hell. And I woke up the next morning and my body was still numb. And I'm like, well, that's just weird. So I had to deal with numbness on the right side of my body uh, for the next like six, seven, eight, eight months. And my, I had numbness on my right side of my body and my right eye was, was watering all the time. Um, and so we roll, now we roll into spring training. And as we're going to spring training, the team is trying to get me ready to play. So, uh, you know, I went out to Buffalo to try, try this active thing to try to do some stuff to start you know return to play stuff so I went to the park every day I would ride the bike and I would come home and sleep forever because I would just get nauseous my head would hurt and this is the point where I would start to, like I go hide from my family go have a shower and just start crying uh, it just I couldn't stop crying I was just really emotional at at that time uh, but I was able to bottle all that stuff and keep that up so because I didn't want other people to see kind of what I, what I was what I was going through and then the team started sending me these doctors and these doctors that these guys sent me. Like, oh, well, there's, like this one doctor they sent sent me to. You know when the doctors, like, look really close in your eye and they're looking at you and they kind of doing, okay, move your eye right, up, left. Well, this doctor was doing this and all of a sudden you hear this, Bleh. and I'm like, and then I get this whiff of, like, a Subway sandwich. And then the doctor's, oh, sorry, sorry, Corey, I, did, I, I just ate Subway. I'm like, yeah, I smelt that. I look at my trainer at, my, at the corner and he's, like, dying laughing. I'm like, are you kidding me? Is this even a real doctor? What doctor burps in their patient's face that was unbelievable and then he sent me to this another doctor who i walk in there and he goes hey Corey, sit down here hey, before you sit down there grab this book and so he goes and he grabs his, i go grab the book and there's a dog leaf and he goes yeah you know you have a social anxiety disorder that i'm like you haven't even talked to me you haven't even looked and you're telling me i have a social anxiety disorder before i even you know walk in the door and then i'm like i'm like this is this weird like what are the trainers and what are the brewers telling these guys and so uh, and I got frustrated with the guy. I said, yeah, I have a social anxiety disorder because I can't even walk through a door without banging it. And, one, and half my body's numb and my right eye, eye is always watering. And the exact day my social anxiety disorder happened was, July, uh, was on July 5th because I played in front of 45,000 people. It never bothered me. I would go do signings. It never bothered me. But all of a sudden, now I can't even have, have a conversation over a phone without getting dizzy and nauseous and all this stuff. And they diagnose, diagnosed me with exercise-induced anxiety because I got sick every time I rode a bike. I'm like, this is getting to the point, it's absolutely ludicrous. And then they sent me to a psychologist kind of near the end of the, the stuff because they saw I was starting to spiral here. And this psychologist was this like, he was a teen, like it was this weird, it was just a weird deal. And I'm, I'm like, you know what, something's off here and I want to go home. And so I asked the team to send me home and they're like, well, we want you to stay here with all these guys. And I'm like, guys, I, this isn't working out. I need to go back to Minnesota and go to the psychologist that I'm comfortable with. And so I went up to Rick Aberman, who I knew from the twins, from my twins days. And, they, you know, so I ended up having to go see Rick three times a week, um, you know, during the season. 
Uh, and not only that, that I was going for therapy every day, like physical, like actual physical therapy and riding a bike and stuff like that every day. And I was getting so frustrated because as the week progressed, I would get worse and worse and worse. Then the weekends would come, I'd feel better. And then uh, I'd have to do this stuff again. Then I stopped going to therapy. And then the GM at the time would call me and said, Corey, if you can't do your therapy, we're going to have you, we need to oversee you. And then I had a, and I'm getting a caseworker from workman's comp and managing my case. And I'm like, look, when I drive, it makes me sick. And I can't feel like it just, the, and the more I drive, the worse I feel. And the more I ride a bike, the worse I feel. The more activity I do, the worse I feel. And so I ended up having my wife. I had to get like people to drive me over because then I just stopped driving. So I had to get people driving me all over the place. And, um, and then on top of this, the, the brewers stopped paying the medical bills. And so, uh, you know, because I stopped driving, we started to get a trainer coming to me and started coming to the house and started going through stuff with me. Um, and she was, she was doing all this stuff. She was doing them for a, a month and a half and then have Rick. I was seeing Rick for three times a week. So I have all these medical bills now piling up to all these, these doctors at the, and these trainers at the, the t- team has having me go to. And even when I went to Milwaukee, I was going to see these doctors in Milwaukee and going to see these psychologists in Milwaukee. And so I have these bills piling up and, and the brewers aren't paying, the, the work comp all said, you know what, we're not paying. And then they call Rick, uh, the psychologist here, uh, and they're like, look, in order for you to get paid, we need to see all your session notes. And Rick was like, I'm not sharing my session notes with you. And he's like, well, you're not getting paid then. So then I have to pay all these guys out of pocket. Uh, so I'm over a hundred and some thousand dollars in medical bills because the, the doctors that the brewers were sending me to at that time, you know, they're not paying for any of the bills. And so it just was, it was, and, and my medical insurance wasn't paying the bills because of the work comp deal. And the work comp isn't paying for the bills because they're like, we want the, all these notes. And I'm like, there's this weird stuff going on here. And so I, and, and the fact that the people caught in the middle of the medical providers and I'm like, they, they shouldn't be caught in the middle of this deal. So I just paid these guys because these guys are small business owners and they're, they're trying to figure out, how to pay their own bills and the providers aren't paying their bills. So, you know, I, took care of them up front and I said you know I'll just go get my money from the, from the brewers and so we roll through that whole season uh and so I still I'm, I'm still not quite getting I'm, I'm still not getting better um and and so the season ends and the the brewers obviously don't pick up my uh pick up my options and and then I'm like you know what <laughs> after they didn't pick my option it's over it's done and I, I just stopped everything uh, but about four weeks before before the season ended, Rick, uh, my, the psychologist that I was seeing with, he goes, Corey, you know what? You should go see my doctor, my, my DO, my doctor of osteopath, because there's this weird stuff going. You got this watery stuff. Your your right side of your body is numb. Your your left your right side of your face is numb. You got this right eye that's watering all the time. You should go see see my DO. So he set me up with. Um, with with his do uh, dr ruby and so i go see this dr ruby and he's like yeah your neck's crooked you ever everybody tell you your neck's crooked you're kind of looking like tilt uh you're, you're kind of tilted i'm like huh and so um he goes and does his little adjustment it's uh, believe me i'm not a chiropractor like manual nipple man, manual manipulation high thrust adjunction uh adjustments on the neck that just freaks me out so the guy just holds his fingers in a certain spots so i started getting really dizzy and kind of feeling weird and i'm like okay here's what i'm feeling and he's like Corey, I think I got it here. Can you just give me a, another couple seconds? And I'm like, okay. And all of a sudden, he let go, and it just melted away. All of a sudden, that was the last day 
the right side of my body was numb. And that was the last day my, um, my right eye uh, watered. And so just in that one, I'm like, and that's when I was like, huh, there's something there. And I've always said my neck hurts. There's something in my neck. And so I had MRIs and I had all this stuff and nobody can find anything. So they tell me there's nothing wrong in my neck. And so, so then I started reaching out to a couple of guys I know, uh, like, and uh, a guy, you know, a guy who used to play in the NHL, Andrew Alberts, tells us that he found that he has a guy in Boston that does his neck stuff, and he he was dealing with concussions. So I called the guy in Boston, um, and he tells me that he trained a guy here in in Minnesota, and so I called this guy in Minnesota uh, to start to try to get some help and help on my neck and stuff like that, and so. Uh, and that was kind of the path to my healing. But before that, after um, the the team kind of released me, I'm like, you know what? I'm done working on. I'm doing done doing all that stuff, and that really helped. Uh, helped. Um, so when I find these these other guys, I start doing this other other treatment, and all of a sudden, I start feeling better. And so I kind of go through another year of this kind of stuff, and then. Um, and then all of a sudden, I'm like, you know what? I think I can play again. And then we start our path to start getting to play. So I dealt with about two and a half years of post-concussion syndrome. And then like the last like three weeks, bam, I started to get better like super fast. Uh, and then as I started to get better super fast, well, guess what? Uh, I started to try to play uh, again. And that's when I played for Team, um, team Canada. Uh, well, I didn't play. I was on the team for Team Canada. And... Um, and then I had a tryout. I got a minor league contract with the Cubs, and I played for the Cubs uh, in the minor leagues, and that's when I decided to retire. And the Cubs were absolutely phenomenal. Like, they helped me process this. Uh, their trainer and their doctor, like Doc Adams, uh, you know, I spent two days with Doc Adams. Doc Adams took me. Like, I was riding cars with Doc Adams, and I remember him telling me, he goes, Corey, I spent two days with you, and you listen, I will clear you, and you'll be ready to play. And you're fine. You're medically, you're fine. But what I'm having trouble understanding is you're a smart guy. You're not your normal athlete who's so focused on this, the athletics. You have so much other, so much other stuff going for you. You got a great family. You love your family. I've seen you interact with your kids. You're a good dad. You're a good husband. Why do you want to still play baseball? Because at the end of the day, if you get another concussion, I don't know what's going to happen. And if you get another concussion, another concussion, another concussion, I don't know what's going to happen. Why do you still want to play baseball? And I couldn't answer that question. But I knew I wanted to play baseball because it, made, it, made, it means that I was able to uh, be normal, more my, my view of normal. So I played a couple of games, and then the third game I, I played, I kind of dove for a ball count, kind of felt funny. I pulled myself off the field, and I said, you know what, I'm done. I, I've had enough. Um, and because it's at the end of the day, I just look, it's not worth it. Uh, I'm done. You know, I, I, I knew I didn't really know what I wanted, but I knew exactly what I didn't want. And I didn't want to be to go through what I did the last two and a half years. So I was I was able to walk away uh, with a good feeling, knowing that, you know what, I kind of walked away in my own terms because I got to spring training. I was having a great spring training, probably would have made the team or maybe not. Uh, but I probably would have made the team as a utility guy. Um, and I just like, you know what? I had enough. Uh, I was, it was time for me to turn the page. So, uh, kind of going through all that stuff. Um, 
you know, the toughest thing about going without dealing with a concussion is that you feel all alone. If I was to write a book about my concussion experience, I would I would title it "If I Only Had a Cast." Because at least with a cast, people are like, "Oh, dude, look, your arm's broken. It's gonna be, you know, it's gonna be six weeks till you're back." And you know, but we feel for you. When you're dealing with a concussion, it's in your, it's literally in your head, and so people don't see that. And when they see you, they only see you on the good days, and so they might see you once or twice a week. But the four days, you're just absolutely miserable, and you're dealing with like all these kind of demons who are pounding you uh, on a daily basis because and, and all the tools that you have had to deal with the stuff that you've had to deal with you can't do with anymore because I couldn't read uh, I couldn't write I couldn't go on the computer I couldn't play video games I couldn't watch TV because all that stuff made me sick and made me worse I couldn't even drive I couldn't even go to restaurants I couldn't even talk to people I couldn't even talk on the phone because that made me worse and I just felt it was an absolute I was in my own personal hell, my own personal prison, because I would go down to my basement where it was just absolute quiet. I would shut all the doors and it was just lay there. And I felt like they had these little like, uh, ants crawling in my brain. And it just felt, this is really weird feeling, uh, when I kind of got overloaded and there was a little plaque that we had downstairs that said, be still and know that I am God. And I would stare at that and it would give me peace because I'd had to be still with my mind and be okay not doing anything else and being okay being by myself and being okay and I had to learn that it is okay to do, to to be there uh, so the toughest thing uh, with dealing with a concussion is that it's internal and you feel like you have nobody to talk to and everybody you try to talk to who hasn't dealt with a concussion looks at you like you're f- crazy you know when a dog when you make a funny noise to a dog and it kind of tilts your ears like huh huh Turns his, tilts his head that way, huh? That's what the doctors, that's what it felt like for me when the doctors, and I tried to explain it to people who, who didn't know what I, what I was going through. So I would encourage you, anybody who's dealing with a concussion or dealing with stuff like that, talk about it. Find other people who have gone through it and talk to them about it because you're not crazy. Uh, everything you have felt, other people have felt at that time. And a concussion is a somewhat, uh, is a really tough thing to deal with. You know, my mistake that I made is I try to rush myself back and it cost me my career, and it cost cost me two of two and a half years of just absolute hell. And when I talk of hell, you know, I had anxiety, depression, OCD. Like I went through the whole gamut. You know, crying in the shower and just having overwhelming anxiety attacks as I started to get back from this deal. And so, and that's all because you know I try to rush it back because I want to play. People are dealing with concussions. You know what? Like I tell parents, we want our kids to feel better. And so we minimize their symptoms and we don't really know what the questions they are to ask. What I've learned to ask is, you know, instead of asking, hey, how are you feeling? You know, everybody's like, oh, I feel good. Well, what does that mean? Hey, does your head still hurt? Yeah, no, it's, it's fine. So what does fine mean? So out of a scale, out of zero to 10, what would you give your head pain right now? Well, two. Well, now you know that there's something there. So put some numerical data behind your questions you ask. Hey, you're, you, say, you say you just feel weird, like, like how close to normal do you, do you feel? Zero to 10. And so you can kind of get that, you know, we're 10 being normal. So zero to 10, you know, 10 being normal, what do you feel? Well, I feel like a six or I feel like a four. That's the co- type of questions we need to ask our kids when they're dealing with their concussions and they're dealing with stuff, trying to quantify this kind of quote unquote feeling. But at the end of the day, it sucks. It sucks going through a concussion. It sucks dealing with all, all, all the stuff. Uh, and, but, reach out 
talk to people who have gone through concussions other people have gone through concussions and there's there's concussion support channels kind of look through that and there's story after story after story of what people have gone through and it's similar to what you have gone through hey thanks for listening to the show today if you like this show or any other of our shows make sure to give us a five-star rating on itunes if you want to read stories written by our guests you can do that on www.linkly.com Don't forget to sign up for our weekly newsletter so you don't miss any of these stories. Make sure to check out our social pages. We have them all. Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and Twitter. If you have any suggestions for our show, please write us on Facebook. I'm Corey Kosky, and you've been listening to How I Got Here from Linkly. Special thanks to Wade Beavers and our friends at the restaurant Agriculture.